internet, it's the 7th of September 2021 and this is the Game Engine Start Podcast. My name's Ewan. My name's Callum. And we're doing something new this week, or at least to start with, where we're doing a live live unboxing of a PlayStation 5 purely through the means of audio. There is no video component. There's no video component to this. I am Uh, currently surrounded by several parts of boxes and inserts and the little white packing material that you can hear that yep. that's the white uh, packing material we're also, we're also now an ASMR podcast apparently um, oh god no please not <laughs> um, yeah um, I bought a PS5 that was a thing I did um, we were hoping that it was going to come mid recording so we could do all of this but actually it makes more sense for us to have at least set it up and then be like no yeah so I, I, I have been through the initial setup process of um, Sony trying to be like your best friend and like Hey, thanks for buying a PS5. Have you got a game? Just stick it in and we'll install it while you do the update. It's fine. Like, everything's good. Yep. And it was actually, it was actually a really painless setup. And they actually did a, a good job of the, um, the like, data collection security stuff. For the, yeah, like, it's pretty here's granular. all the things we can collect. Do you want that? Do you not want that? Here's all, I- your, here's all your, like, what people can see on your profile. What do you want? And a lot of the options are just no one can see this. And that's... Great, I like and even if a lot. even if you come from PS4, I think they explicitly say like, "Hey, I know you set all this up before, but we're just checking with you again, like yeah, all yeah, of that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff." Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to get live reactions to the start of Astrobot, right? Yeah. That's the plan. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna unplug this controller, and as I was setting up, not only was uh, Ratchet Clank Rift Apart installing, uh, which sounded like a jet engine taking off in my living room. Yep, but Astrobot just installed itself, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna play Astrobot, I guess, on this audio podcast. I really just want to hear. The, I just want to hear the reaction to the controller demo at the start. I just that's, so yeah, the, that's the bit the, I want to hear. The one thing that everybody said about the PS5 when they bought one, and you did as well, yep. was that the controller is actually like something else. They're like, not the controller they, is. They are not lying. That thing changes, especially in games that natively support it. It is like a revelation. Like Astrobot, like Ratchet and Clank. Um, there's a moment we'll talk oh, about. Wait. Oh, sorry. Are we... I think there were noises coming out of the controller. Oh, yeah, it's got a speaker. It's. Uh, okay. It also has a microphone, by the way. Show... I've already muted it. Okay. Um, the experience was created to show you some of the cool tracks possible mm-hmm. with your DualSense wireless controller. Okay. There you go. Ah, it does make noises. And yeah. It vibrates. But that's nothing new. The intro, I'm currently looking at the intro to No Man's Sky. Um, the... Wait, what? Oh no, that's what Astrobot just looks like No Man's Sky. I'm just flying through space. That's just the new PlayStation Studios logo. I think. PlayStation shit. Well, I mean. Oh so no, far... the Astrobot logo. Yeah, the Astrobot intro. Yes, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Oh, what the fuck? Ah, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> so it like built a controller out of blocks. And yeah. I could feel individual blocks uh-huh. going up the controller. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Yep. Adaptive controllers. This is the resistance. Okay. So, so this is the triggers. Sure. Yep. Yep. This is the things at the bottom. I can feel. I can't throw them all the way down because I'm yep. getting resistance. Yep. Oh, a touchpad works. Yep. <laughs> Ocean sensor. This is shaking. Oh, right. Robots like, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's weird as well, because it's like, you can get like granularity in the vibration, Yes, where I can like feel individual robots kind of getting thrown around in there. Yeah, like, do you, do you remember the, 
I don't think it was ever. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think if there was anything ever free, but like the HD Rumble stuff in the Switch, like it did kind of work for some of the games, like the the balls in the box thing from One Two Switch, like that did work. This yeah. is like that entire controller does does that now. It's it's. Oh, now I can throw the. I can throw the triggers like normal now. Yes. As opposed so, to it being resistant. That's kind of crazy, like that. So the one thing you'll get used to over time, you eventually just tune it out, but I can't remember what game it was. Maybe it was it was one of the early ones, I can't remember. But like the, you could hear the, the resistance click on on the triggers. And there was a oh, there's sure. a game specifically where it was like where it would cut in and out of a cutscene and you would hear the resistance start and stop. Like um but yeah, you just get used to it after a while. Well that's weird. Mm-hmm. I'm currently I've started the game and there's like a PS5 controller on like a Oh my fucking god. What? It's all, so there's a there's like a play on the screen there's like a PlayStation 5 controller on like a little spring. Yep. And like a a dial. Mm-hmm. And if I turn if I turn the controller like is this yaw? I don't know what this is, <laughs> but like the like spinning it right and left in my hand. Yep. I feel individual clicks of the yep. Uh-huh. Wow, that's kind so of crazy. The, the one I want you to back, I can feel the bit I want you to, on the spring. The bit I want to get I want you to get to the hub area for Astrobot, the very first Astrobot the, the very first area has a big glass section in the middle. And I just want you to feel the difference between you running on the ground and running on the glass. Um it's it's like the first it thing will. you get to in the game, I think. But yeah, they're oh. not they're not messing around with those controllers. Like they they do the thing. Um, again, oh, that's weird. Okay, yeah, I hit the glass thing. Yeah, that's like it feels that's like insane. It feels like glass. It feels like you're walking on glass as opposed to like, it's it's weird because they're it's it, that's like a combination of like them being very particular with the vibration and then also the noise the yes. controllers making. Yeah, yep. like it's like I don't think they've that's... increased. I don't think they've increased the fidelity of the speaker and the controller that much, but like the things they're doing with it are much smarter. Where it's like you don't need a hugely fidelity, high fidelity speaker to make the ice noises or the clink noises, but they're doing it just right. Um, that really sells the effect. Um, but yeah, that was the the moment where I was like, oh, okay, I get this now. I see where this is going. Yeah, this is th- that's ridiculously impressive. Yep. Like, yeah. So things that I can feel the yeah so there's a lot of stuff oh, in there that will, there's a lot of stuff in there that'll show the controller off but even just like the start of Ratchet as well is really good for that uh, and like I said I, I can't remember if I talked about it on here but like the moment that was one of the highlights of the year so far for me was the the base in the nightclub um in Ratchet is like the first half hour of the game or whatever it is um that yeah. was a fucking revelation that was like okay if you're super smart and really want to build for this thing, you can do some really wild, low-key shit for this for this hardware. It's kind of wild. Arts. Yep. Right. That's insane. Like it, it, it's it's kind of crazy that something so innocuous is actually that powerful. Like. Yep. And it's not a hugely complicated system. Like it's just they're just really smart uses of it. Um. Yeah. And stuff like when you get to the the beach at the start and like that feels different and when you start pulling stuff, um 
like the resistance in the triggers and things like yeah it's oh now i'm like you can like walk on metal as well and that yep. feels different to the glass mm-hmm. of the... oh yeah right i need to stop doing this I'm yeah like I'm just gonna sit and play this Astro is the Bot, this is the podcast but yeah like there's a lot of astrobot you should see and i would suggest you go into ratchet next and really see what that thing can do in a like quote-unquote real game like <laughs> a real video game yeah like it's wild it's yeah and again, it's one of those things which is, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, but like, Deathloop's out soon, and it's one of those situations which is like, okay, because that's a PS5 exclusive for now, yeah. that's probably going to do all the controller shit, right? And it's like, is that... I hope so. Is like, that... I hope that part of, the, part of the PS5, like, the, the benefit of being a PS5 exclusive would be that you get like, first-hand knowledge or help from Sony or whatever about how to implement that stuff. Right. So now I'm like, okay, I could just get it on Steam, which will be cheaper, probably. But... And also, maybe, like... Maybe th- not, like... Maybe not. It's... But also, like, I can throw my good graphics card at it. Like, it'll probably look pretty nice, but I will have to stream it to my TV. Or do I just get the PS5 version with the controller stuff? And, Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. The controller now has like a unique. It's a selling like, point proposition for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some stuff, and I'm assuming they've updated like Tsushima and stuff like that to use it as well. Um, as part I mean, of the PS5 I, patch. I will. I will get into that yeah. at some point today. Um, we're done with this. But, God, I, right, feel... I, I actually do. I do need to stop. We actually need to stop and do it and do the thing we're doing. Yeah. Right. Hang on. Oh God. It's... That and then shut this. So you, oh God, so you have to open up the... One g- thing that I'm not used to is how the button presses on this fucking yeah. game. So you, fucking system so you need to go to the game base. Uh, and go to the game base. And then the power at the bottom is on the far right. And then you go in there yeah. and then rest mode. That continue to like install stuff from a disc? Yes, if you're in rest mode, yes. Uh, from a disc? From a disc, I don't know. It will continue to download shit for sure. It doesn't say it does. Okay, maybe just let it sit then. Um, mute your TV and just let it sit and, and do install games. that's, that's closed game yes so the other thing to be right. really careful of turn the TV off right I'm back I'm here I'm ready okay. for podcast magic the I'm one, the one thing playing that, with the PS5 <laughs> the one thing that they've never fixed or fixed the one thing they've never addressed game switching is I mean like is uh, this like the suspend thing where you yeah, can like, swap between games so, or they don't have the warning anymore that says, by the way, if you open this, this will close. They just kind of swap between games. And like some of them, depending on the game, will suspend in the background and then you'll just pop back and it'll be fine. But they I don't... I realised what I've done. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, no, you can keep talking. Sorry, I just realised what's happened. Yeah, uh, so they will, they will just swap between games and sometimes they will just kill the game in the background. Sometimes they won't. The I one thing... not tell you about it. And not tell you about it particularly also even though i have said explicitly in the settings do not restart my playstation 5 if you have an update um or don't yeah don't reboot it um when you have an update it has done it at least twice to me and has killed all the games that are running so go into the settings make sure that's off but just get into the habit of not using suspend it's deep in the settings somewhere i can't remember um, but it, it'll be in it's in system or don't uh, I think it's actually in the updates section I can't quite remember but it's in there somewhere um, but you won't need to worry about that for a while but basically like I, I 
I never really use suspend the way suspend is supposed to be used anyway. Like, I would always save before I stopped doing whatever I was doing anyway. Yeah, of course, yeah. Especially in a world where, um, like, like my wife's playing Mass Effect on the PlayStation as well. So I'm like, okay, if she boots that game up, it's not her fault if it kills something that I had in the background. So I'm just saving constantly anyway. Um, yeah, so. That's what I was looking for. I, I, I knew I saw this in the menu somewhere where it was like, if you turn off the device that your PS5 is connected to, the PS5 automatically enters rest mode. Yeah, don't, yeah, switch which that the fuck off. normally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay normally, but now that is not what I want because I want this game installing while I do a podcast. So yes. That. There's also, going. I think there's also an equivalent option, which is like, hey, if ah. you turn your PlayStation on, it'll do stuff. Um... I can't remember, but I basically just turned all the HDMI CEC stuff off because it never works properly for me. So yeah, because um, you're using like a switcher or something like that. I am using a switcher, but like it just it it's never worked concisely for me. Like just based on like I don't even have that complicated a system, but it's just like it never works the right way. Yeah, it never works the so way you want. I'd it switch it all off. Um, my Chromecast was the one that used to really fuck with my system, where it just randomly like I'm just going to set this to HDMI two now just because. Because um, oh, I've done okay. something. Is that um, not? Is that not because like maybe your neighbors are trying to fuck with your Chromecast? No, that is that <laughs> is what my Chromecast. No, that is literally what my Chromecast is connected to. It just it will just take priority for some reason sometimes. Um, yeah, let's do a podcast. That's the exciting thing. And yeah, we'll, sure. Yeah, and we'll get through. We'll get through what we've got to get through, and then you can get back to experiencing the future of gaming, right? I, I'm sure, that's what they tell me. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, a lot of stuff I've got, I want to talk about is not positive which is annoying but i feel like it's worth talking about um so the, the easy oh, stuff you've got, you've got to talk you can't talk about good stuff all the time no exactly doesn't happen um so like i've been playing through route 96 i'm not going to talk about that because we've got a video going up the week you hear this yeah. um which explains what that game is i'm still enjoying it it's got some problems but we talk about it in the video so check that out um I got back into Frostpunk last weekend for some... Mm. F- I played, like, nine hours of Frostpunk straight, and... Because oh, I... yeah, I think... Is that not because they announced the sequel? They announced the sequel. And you were like, oh, yeah, that game. Yeah, and also, like, when I initially got that game, I kind of bounced off it originally, because I was like, this is so punishingly difficult. But when you treat it not like... Because, like, most city builders like that are, like, a game is, like, four hours, five hours, six hours long, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Frostpunk is, like, because of its, like, episodic, not episodic, like, scenario nature, like, there is there is a free play, but the main part of the game is, like, it's these scenarios that you have to deal with, which have, like, a linear story that opens up as the day goes on. So, like, the initial the initial um, scenario they give you is, like, you're the first city around the generator that you found. You've, you've got a bunch of refugees from London. They're building the city. Um, eventually, somebody falls into your city and says hey there's other cities out there um which starts your investigation it's the tutorial one but like they basically there's a linear a linear story happens as time goes on and the scenario ends with here is this week's worth of insane storm that shuts down all your food production all of your um the the temperature of everything drops to like unseen levels before you just need to survive for a week in like You've built your city to be self-sustaining enough where you can survive and you've stockpiled enough and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's the scenario. You can do it in, like, an hour. So that eight hours was me trying that scenario, like, eight times, basically. Right, okay, And almost getting there. And it's a different... 
it's a you're invested less in in which case it becomes something closer to like a starcraft where it's like here's my opening move every time here's my pattern here's my here's the resource here's the tech tree that works for me it's that kind of the speed of yeah, it is much yeah, quicker yeah. than it is in a lot of state builders so i really appreciate that so yeah i'm going back to to frostpunk every now and then game's really good um also i expect you to die too came out as well which is a v- the vr game i've been most oh, the vr game to. yeah yeah um like a kind of like comedy pseudo james bond-esque style vr game that's very much about like puzzle solving and um all that stuff it's excellent it's really really good it's like possibly one of the best tra- uh, opening opening sequences in vr maybe in games not sure um but uh yeah super cool game well worth picking up if you like but it's more of the first one so if you know that is um you should go um check that out so i want to talk about so i want to quickly talk about recompile um right which is a game that i have followed for a number of years when i first saw it on twitter it was like one of my original like oh shit this game looks awesome on twitter and i've just followed the development of it for like three years four years something like that um, right. So the setup is it, you are basically an avatar inside a computer, like very Tron-esque. You're an avatar inside a computer system that you're trying to get back up and running. Is this is this that game where the main character looks like uh, the thing from Res? Yes, that's that game. Right, okay, yes. sure. Um, and it's basically it's a third-person shooter slash Metroidvania game where you unlock a bunch of uh, abilities that let you progress further into different zones. Um and you have to bring this whole system back up uh, back up and you get like text logs and stuff that explain actually what the system is what happened to the system all this kind of stuff which i'll not spoil for people who want to get into it um it's on game pass as well it's on steam and game pass and i think consoles as well i'll need to confirm that to be sure but um it's it's out is is playable so it's been a while since i've seen a game that starts as strong as it does and then just for me anyway, just completely peters off because it's, it's, it feels weird, right? Because like I said, I followed this game for so long. Like I followed the creator on Twitter. Like, yeah, it feels weird to then go back and go, I don't think this game is very good after having I mean, been so emotionally I, invested over three years. But like that's... I, yeah, but I, th- I think that's just the reality of game yeah. development though, right? So, like it, just because something looks good doesn't mean it totally. is good. Totally. So that's... the thing that works is like aesthetically this game is superb, right? It really does. It takes the Tron stuff, the Tron style aesthetic and really elevates it to, to, to some really cool stuff. There's a lot of like much more organic stuff in there as well as like the kind of hard lines and it looks really, really nice. But for me, it's the... They've built a whole system for doing like really detailed, um, like you, uh, you know, like a UI that's done in like a terminal window. That's like it's yeah. all built out of block characters and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's that like that is all of the UI in the game and a bunch of the log messages. So you like you'll you'll break into a system or you'll you'll use a, a, a storage system and it'll come up with like an interact not an interactive but like a live terminal based like feed of like here's the temperature of the place right now and here's like here's us scanning the memory of the system and like all of this stuff is really interactive and animated and it looks fucking incredible um like all of that kind of stuff is really really good i like a lot of the enemy designs especially the boss designs like they're they take a lot of the enemy designs and just really do some cool things with them um i think 
but so aesthetically, I think it really, really works. The gameplay itself is slightly is kind of where it lets down for me. Where and it's a lot of it feels super nitpicky, but it's one of those situations where when a lot of the nitpicky stuff comes together, it just really um it yeah, ruins your ability to play the, cuts or kind of yeah. So so like really simple stuff like so there's a map right because it's a Metroidvania. Yeah. The map is basically useless, right? Because... That's that's really bad in a Metroidvania. Right. So it's like a top-down, and again, it's done in this terminal UI system, but as you're, it doesn't show where you currently are on any particular area, right? It's really hard to describe without showing, but basically, like, yeah. it draws the top-down shape of the of the area you're in, and it will, it will highlight, like, an area of it that says you're in this area of the level, and which will... The highlight will change as you move about, but it does not show you how to get from one area to other. It doesn't show you... Um, oh, so it's not specific? That's no, the, it's like a static, like somebody's taking wow. a snapshot off the top of it. It does show you like, hey, there are two things to pick up here and here's where the entrance and exits are. But apart from that, it's like, it doesn't show where you are. It doesn't show... It, it, apart from like, in this shaded area. Um, and the nature of the levels, like one of the level, one of the, the early levels is very vertical. Like it's all tall. Like you're climbing up this thing as the level continues. So the map is essentially useless. Because you can't do that, but on top of like on top of that, your progression in the Metroidvania style thing is you're getting these abilities, like these cores that give yeah. you better abilities that let you do more stuff. When you pick up a core, it doesn't remove it from the map. Like oh that, no, that's really bad, right? Like that's the kind of thing where like I get got to a section where I'm like, I don't think I can do this because this jump is huge, and I don't think I can make this jump. I'm assuming I got power that lets me do this at some point. And I was scouting over the areas I'd done before, and I was like, oh, weird, there's a core here. And then I got to, or there's two cores in this area, and I got to them, and both of them are just the bases that are empty. And it's like, oh, so this is not, oh, sure. once I realized what was happening, it's like, oh, that's really bad. I can't tell how how much I've completed an area or where I need to go to get this next thing. Um, there's stuff like that. There's... It's really, it's really weird that that stuff is a, a problem in a Metroidvania game when, like, Super Metroid and Kit Symphony of the Night and all that stuff, like, all exists and totally. does that stuff really well. So and I don't I, understand. I, again, I get iteration and stuff like that, but... but And again, like, all all games are, are um, like, resource management. They're about where you put your time, all this kind of stuff. But it's like, mm-hmm. that's one of those ones that it feels like the core concept because they, they again this is not me like mapping onto it like they have described it as a metroidvania style game right they are advertising sure, it as that yeah. kind of thing so then to have something like that be there it, it, it's like again we keep we keep going back because this is the first situation i remember seeing this very explicitly was right like when we went back and played youngblood the the wolfenstein game right that game wanted yeah. to be a pseudo open destiny-esque like there are a bunch of small quests in this area that you can go and do a bunch of things but then they hadn't built out the map system the objective marker system was bad like they'd built they'd built a type of they wanted to build a type of game without building the stuff that they need to support that type of game and even small stuff like not showing when you've picked up a thing really does affect how you play that game like it sounds super picky but it does change your interaction with the game as a whole, right? It's um it's really disappointing. And then you get to stuff uh, yeah, like yeah. and then you get stuff like the the signposting, the the level design itself is visually very cool, but the signposting about like 
where I'm supposed to go next is not great. So it's very easy to get lost in some of these levels, especially when the levels are very vertical. There's stuff hidden behind stuff. Like, you do kind of get lost. Also, there's no way for you to... So the, the, the kind of level structure is like there's a hub area with like four sub areas that basically all branch out in linear paths. And as far as I can tell, there's not any like joining between those areas. It's literally just like four mm. spokes of a wheel. And each spoke has like four, three or four areas and then a boss area that basically just like permeate out. Because Again, with a Metroidvania game, the whole point is that you get a core and you go, oh, now that I can do this, that means I can go do this other thing. I remember yeah. this area. There's no way for you to just hit a button and go back to the hub. Like, I understand, oh. like, traditional Metroidvania games. Like, I'm also started playing Bloodstained because I got it for free. I was like, yeah. oh, right. Like, that's that's a normal thing. But at least in Bloodstained, they give you an item that you can buy to be, like, just warp back to the hub, right? There's the no way area, to do yeah. that. So I spent, like, 20 minutes backtracking through an area to try and figure out how to get back to the entrance of that area. And I could not Jeez. figure it out. Like, there's no... I, I, I'm also guessing the fact that the map's bad doesn't help And the map's bad, either, yes, like exactly. Like, you cannot just look at it and go, oh, I need to go around this thing. Like, it's just not useful in that area. Um, and then the, the point where I just stopped, one of the areas has... Um, is a giant jumping puzzle. And the jumping is not good enough for you to make your way through that. It's just not... Um, there are, if the demo is anything to go by, one of the cores you will eventually interact is that you can just spam the, the jump button and you can basically just mm. fly. Like that is one of the oh, sure. that one of yeah. things in the demo. So I assume I'll get there, but I have no idea if that core is like at the end of this jumping area. I have no idea. The only way I could make yeah. any progress in that jumping area is to use the slow down time, the infinite slow down time button to, to crank the game speed down three times so I could jump to every platform accurately. And every time you fail and die, the the other problem I have with it is the 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 iteration speed of trying stuff is so slow. So <clears throat> for the jumping puzzle section specifically, if you miss a platform, you know most games will have like a kill volume like relatively underneath an area like that. So like if it's if it's yeah. a jumping puzzle, like the kill area is relatively short underneath it because the game knows like if you've got to here, you're fucked. We're just gonna kill you and, and knock you back. For this, the kill volume is the bottom of the level. So every time you fuck up a platform, there's like, no joke, like eight, nine seconds of falling before you die and are reset back to the checkpoint. And the checkpoint is also bad. So I was just sitting at the front of this level, having tried it a bunch of times, and just be like, I'm just not, this is just not fun. Like, there's no mm. part of, I'm not being tested. This is not my skill being too low. This is just bad level. This is the bad level. And I don't, it's not giving me the skills to be able to do this. And it's also not clear, again, to go back to Metroidvania stuff, when you walk up to the ice door and it says, this is an ice door, it'd be useful if I had something to open this ice door with, and eventually you get missiles to open the ice door. There's no indication at any point where, like, to say, like, hey, you can't get past here because you don't have X, right? Like, it doesn't ever do that. So you're just like, do I just suck? Is this level bad? Am I just missing a thing that's very mm. obvious? Like, there's this confusion throughout most of it. And it really sucks because I like a lot of the stuff that's there. I like the... the Because the, it's also a third-person shooter. Like, that's the combat. And it works pretty well. And the guns feel good. And there's a lot of variety in there that, that actually works pretty well. But it's just like there's enough little things that are just piling on where I'm just like, 
I don't want to spend an hour doing this platforming that's bad. No, of course, I just yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, so I'm just never, so I'm just never going to finish this game. Like I'm just not. Um, so I had to put it I down. Think it's necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't sound like it's done a particularly good job of adhering itself. So yeah, like, exactly. Like I think it's, it's terrible. That- yeah, and I don't think it's even like a personal thing. I think there are fundamental design decisions. And again, all of this stuff could be patched. Like it could be like. You could make those improvements and patch those improvements in, as a lot of games have done, especially games from small teams where they're like, "Sure, yeah. we can, we can." Here's the next update that adds better mapping and all this kind of stuff. And like getting games out is hard, and it's all about like prioritizing where your time goes. I get all of that, but like the thing that's out there right now is not a good representation of Metroidvania mechanics to me. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Fun. So for sure. it is on Game Pass. Like, if you want to give it a shot, even to see like the, the initial bunch of areas, you can see a lot of the really good stuff about it. I just don't think it's quite there yet, and it's not early access. And I think that's the thing yeah. that kind of gets me. So there's that, um, and then we need to talk briefly about Twelve Minutes because oh god, <laughs> I can't. That it's, game's uh, that game's done the rounds. Um, so and I didn't yeah. believe it, right? I because I started. Oh god. Okay, so Twelve Minutes is uh, is a game from uh, a very small team that has been in development for like seven thousand years, I think. Yeah, really long time. Like really, it was really it, like, long the first time. time we saw it was like E three, like twenty seventeen or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like a that, while like... ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, and it kind of got lost for a while, and then eventually Xbox were like, "Hey, it's going to be on Game Pass, and it's actually coming out." Um, it is a. <laughs> I'm going to put this in inverted commas. It is a traditional adventure game. With like a top-down perspective, the whole thing is set inside a tiny apartment, and there are three characters, and yep. it is a game that is basically where um, you you come home from work, you have dinner with your wife, a cop kicks down the door, accuses your wife of murder, arrests you both, and then kills you, and then it time loops back, and you're like, "What the fuck's happening?" And it's about dealing with the time loop system in order to be able to figure out what the fuck's going on. Let everyone get out of the situation safely. Blah blah blah. blah. It is a it is a adventure game, and this is a point and click game. Like you mouse over stuff, you click, you have an inventory, you drag items to use items. Yeah. items. Yeah. It's all of that kind of stuff. Old right? school style. Old school adventure game, right? Rub items on bits of the scenery to make it exactly. Yeah. The, there are. I like old school adventure games, like right, like yeah. I, that is that is one of my that is very much my shit. Like I have played Monkey Island more times than a human being possibly should. Like I like those that? styles of what, games. What was that one that you really liked from like two years ago? The the weird uh, magic one that was like, oh unavowed. That was last year. Yeah. Unavowed. Like, so yeah. the, the the stuff that Wajai does is the most. Is the Wajai. Modern, That's the name of the developer. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. They, they do the modern extension of that kind of game. Um, and do it super well, and I'm really happy with a lot of stuff. Actually, they put a new one out recently. I meant to check out. Um, so I like this form of game, and I'm, and I'm, I very much understand the mechanical problems that people have with that game, like the thing you're saying, like rubbing item inventory items on everything, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I get that's the thing, and games have designed themselves to be less of that now if they're good, or have hint systems, or let you bypass that stuff. Like the the medium has evolved, right? This game has not in any way, shape, or form evolved. Or I think, and again, that ties into the recompile conversation, does not want to make the core conceit or the core genre that they're trying to do any easier than it needs than it 
absolutely needs to be. So, right. so it, so an example of that is um, the um, there's a lot. The we need we are going to need to talk spoilers about this game for like two minutes at the very end of this conversation because I need to yeah. talk about that two minutes. But stuff I think like I all the ones you're going to talk about. Yeah. But yeah. So mechanically, there's a lot of waiting in that game, right? Where like you will hear the same conversations over and over and over and over, and you can skip through them. Like, just by mousing through them. But you still have to wait through all of them. And also, like, it doesn't then stop if new dialogue appears in the same path. So you will just skip dialogue sometimes that is very important, especially in a game like this. There will be situations where you will have to do the same time loop or the same series of events multiple times. To The whole game is about... Sorry, this You're is... having a really hard time with this. Well, the whole game is about experimentation, right? It is about, if I go through this loop this way, what happens? Do I get any further? Yeah. And there are a lot of it's dead about, ends. It's about the, fa- the fact that it's only like a 12-minute sequence. It's, yes. it's about you going back and trying stuff. And, exactly. Yeah. So the whole game is about like... And there's a lot of dead ends in that path, right? There's a lot of stuff you can do that'll be like, oh, that didn't fucking work, or that made things worse, or yeah. whatever. In yeah. a, a very time-loopy story, right? The problem is that to get to that point... So there's a section where you've basically, you can, sure, we're going to get to very, very light spoilers here, but there's a, there's a situation where you can basically incapacitate the cop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can start interviewing the cop and saying, what the fuck are you doing? And get a bunch of information out of that. To get there is about four or five minutes of item manipulation, opening stuff up, closing doors, making stuff in specific positions... Doing so, it's right. the same series of events to get to this conversation, which you can fuck up seven, eight, nine different ways, right? Yeah. So, in a game that is all about experimentation, and a lot of the jo- joy in inverted commas, that a lot of the 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 interesting parts of this kind of story is trying all the stuff and seeing what they've taken account of, right? Where yeah. like, okay, what happens if I stab the cop? Oh, that didn't go well. Oh fuck. Oh well. Um, but the game is built in a way that does not let you that does not incentivize that kind of um, experimentation because it punishes you every time by doing the same five minutes of lead up for you to try something that immediately resets the time loop. And you're like, okay, so I have to do the next five minutes exactly the same again to try something different. Like there's no yep. checkpointing at any point in a, in a loop. So you're just like, cool, well, I have to do this again and see if it makes any difference to the point where it got to the stage where it was like, and again, I was playing this at Game Pass, which does have the advantage and disadvantage, I suppose, of going, okay, I'm fucking done with this. Like, I'm not yeah. gelling with this in any way, shape, or form. And then I listened to the the to the to Waypoint podcast um, about it, and they had very similar reactions, but Patrick Klepek specifically was like, get to this point so you can understand why I'm so angry. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. And I got to the point and then was like, but to get to that point, I just pulled up a walkthrough and just did it like did the thing did yeah. the things to get to the point um and they were not wrong and i'll get to that but um yeah it's just not built in a way that it's it's not built in a way that lets you do the thing that you're supposed to do in the game it's it, yeah, it's yeah. actively the, pushing the mechanics against you. are like countering what exactly. you're actually trying to accomplish and yeah. there's a lot of stuff and again there's a lot this of is, stuff. this is very similar to stuff that i've 
heard other people yes. talk about so it's yeah. yeah and there's a lot of stuff in there as well that is kind of interesting where there's a lot of stuff like oh i'm gonna do this and then weird side effects they're like oh that's cool that they thought about that and then have coded something in that has ripple effects that's cool um also like even removing that even if that part of it was fixed and was great the puzzle solutions are like like Monkey Island 1, but worse. It's like rubber chicken on the wire shit that is just like... <laughs> is it like combining two items that you would not think to combine? There is then? a particular point in the story where... Okay, there's a twist in that story. Like, a big fuck-off. Like, yeah. here is the turning yep. point of this entire story, right? And the way that you trigger that twist is so bizarre and requires stuff that you would never think about that when I looked at it in the walkthrough, I was like, oh, this must be like part one of getting this. Nope. It's the whole thing. You have to have this item do this thing at this specific time, or you are just stuck in the same loop forever. Jeez, and it makes that's... no fucking sense. It is oh, good. wild. Excellent. Yeah. It's just not a particularly well put together game for the thing it's trying to do. Yeah. And then it's also the, st- the stuff that I've seen, like, it also like doesn't particularly like look good or animate well like it no. looks really strange like when you're for a game that's got like three characters in four rooms or whatever yeah it still looks really clunky so it's, it's, and again it's a it's a very small team all that kind obviously of stuff. yeah but yeah. like the nature of the game again with all these branching paths is that like there's a lot of stuff in there they can't predict right so like the very opening of the game or the opening of every loop your wife's in the bathroom you come into the main house she can't hear you so the thing you do is you go knock on the door and then she comes out and, and greets you, right? Yeah. But eventually yeah. she does come out of the room and you could be over at the sink or you could be in the bedroom or you could be hidden in the closet, right? And the game yeah. does account for, like, she will come over to you and do the thing, right? She will find you in the house and come over and do the thing or she'll go, what the fuck are you doing in the closet, right? Like, they've taken into yeah. account all that stuff. But because of that nature, it means they can't pre-write a bunch of those animations, right? They have to do pathfinding. Yeah. They have to do... They have to handle all these situations, right? Um, so the animation is a little bit clunky where like these characters are walking around in kind of weird parts and the motion capture stuff is pretty good like the the the, the stuff they can script is is pretty decent um but the the freedom that they have does kind of hamper some of the animation which kind of looks a bit weird and the one the one scenario god this will come off at the end of the year for sure about best slash worst moment but there is a moment in there that i will explain later probably maybe in the spoiler section, where... Do you remember the classic Heavy Rain Jason moment? Yes, of course. That is in this game in a possibly funnier way than even that game did. And it great. is... Great. We will, so, so yeah, so to kind of wrap that up, it's a not great adventure game hampered by its own adventure game mechanics. And even if all of that stuff was fixed, the story itself is... The puzzle solutions are bad, and the story itself is just, it's not incomprehensible, it's very comprehensible, it's just like, yeah. this is the story you wanted to, like, and, okay. That's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's everything I agree you, with that. That is everything you need to know about this game, it is on Game Pass if you want to go just try it and see, I suggest even, I suggest even just sitting with a walkthrough, like, if you sit with a walkthrough, that game is a half hour long right like yeah. it's not the whole and again which doubles down on the point that like the game part of that game is supposed to be you trying a bunch of stuff right yeah like that is yeah. that's how because that game is a half hour long if you know what to do um 
And not even in a... Uh, yeah, in the, sa- in the same way that, like, fucking Monkey Island 1 is, like, 45 minutes, if you know what right. everything is. That's like, but yeah. also, not in a cool way, like Outer Wilds was, where you can finish that game in the first loop if you know it all. Like, oh, it's n- sure. It's yeah, not yeah. like that. It's like, you do need to go through all the steps. There are, like, 10 or 11 loops you need to go through to yeah. do the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just not very good. I just, I really... Even ignoring the story part, all of it is just not built in the way that it clearly wants to be built in a way that is engaging or like that helps you in any way through the game. It's just not very well done. It is on Game Pass. Maybe just walk your way through it just to see. It's a really good example of the kind of stuff I'm talking about of the the design of the game actively working against the thing they're trying to do. It's really, even yeah. as an academic experiment, it's worth spending the half hours to see this thing on Game Pass. We are now going to talk about story. Check the post. <laughs> check the post if you're really that concerned about it and I will put a timestamp yeah. about when we move on to the next thing but this is your spoiler warning for 12 minutes okay okay holy fucking what like yeah, this is this, insane. this is the story that they're telling is that the entire t- is that the entire time you're your wife's stepbrother like really yeah, the, the whole the whole time it's just oh weird, they don't even like weird sort of incest thing and you're right, like what? but they don't they don't even they don't There's e- no build to it. It's- There's no build to it. It doesn't even pay off because post-incest twist, the whole thing around your main character is like, not only is he down to the decision of like, hey, I am now having a child with my... Is it stepsister? I, I'm not entirely sure. Half, what- isn't it? Half-sister? Yeah. Because it's not even like... Because it's like, they've, they've got the same dad? Is that they've right? Got the- no. The same they've got the same... Yes, they have the same dad. They have the same dad. They have the same dad. That's what it is. So it's not even like... Because that's... Willem Dafoe is playing the dad that that finds them, isn't it? It's debatable. Isn't it? (laughs) No. Uh, Well... I thought it was. I thought the guy at the the end that, like, has the whole, like, oh, you need to make a choice here is the dad. I thought that was the point. Yes. But Willem Dafoe also plays the cop and that destroys that entire game for me. And And both those characters look the same, right? Also, the flashback before the ending, where you go back to talk to the dad, the dad has yeah. hair. Yeah. And then the final flashback, the dad does not have hair, and the cop doesn't have hair either. So, like, yeah. the whole end of that thing was basically incomprehensible, except for, holy shit, like, and it's not even, like, the, it's not even the, like, vaguely taboo type of incest, where it's like, oh, it's like a step person no, yeah, from another, it actually, like, it's straight it was- up actually like step stuff then right. that's the like weird taboo right. incest thing but this is actually this is they have a parent up. that is the same exactly yeah. right and it's like yeah and like the whole everything apart from that is like him trying to cover it up or figure out what yeah. the fuck to do and yeah. all of this kind of stuff and it's just like they don't adri- they don't address it just feels like it's totally unaddressed like they're focusing on the wrong thing it, at yeah. all points in, like the, the, after the, that the, the whole like the whole thing with like the watch and the time loop thing mm. becomes entirely secondary to the point where you'd start saying the word incest, and right. that's like, and, but and that, but that stuff is like, yeah, there's like, I guess there's build for it or whatever. Like they they drop the hints or whatever throughout, sure. but like the last bit when it all gets revealed and then it becomes about the main character's choice, kind of comes out of left field very quickly totally. and then swaps the entire direction of the game. It's really and strange, like but yeah. I, I really do feel like. You could, t- 
you could tell this story, right? Like you could if you wanted. And like I guess you one could of, yeah. one of the things that one of the things that again they talked about in the Waypoint podcast was like this was a thing in media like five, six, seven years ago, where this was a thing that was thrown in to make shit edgy, right? Where it's like because yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. thing that you didn't it was just it was thrown in there, right? And as soon as you see it happen, and I, I don't know how, but I had not really interacted with any medium that had done this before. So this to me was fucking wild that we're we're doing this in fucking twenty twenty one. But like, the idea that this the pot one of the potential readings of the ending of that game is you've discovered that you're having a child with your stepsister, half sister, whatever, and that the solution to this issue is not. Let's talk about it and go our separate ways and we'll figure out what the fuck to do. One of the potential solutions to this thing is I would like my dad, actual dad, to hypnotize me into forgetting all of this. Yeah. So that we can just your go actual on with dad our lives. Is a psychologist. Right. But yeah. That we're just gonna forget all of this and we're just gonna live our lives and it'll be fine, right? Like that that is that is a viable option in this game. And it is wild that this is the story that we're telling it and it just doesn't you're right it just it kind of comes out of nowhere and just doesn't make any fucking sense to anything it's so crazy um but yeah the final thing the the jason moment is hilarious where Mm. when the cop bursts in in the first couple of loops and is very angry before you manage to calm down a little bit your character can try and talk to the cop as he is in the middle of arresting your wife and putting zip ties on her. But like your main character, every time you click on the cop to try and interact, to do a conversation with him, your main character just goes, sir, 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 <laughs> sir. And it just keeps fucking going. And I was hammering the mouse button, just cackling. Yeah. It was so fun. And it's like this, like, weird like deference to authority as your wife is in the middle of being zip tied to the ground and it's just the only thing your your main character can do is like sir 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 like it's it's yeah it's it's weird it's such a strange game um yeah fuck it's so wild but yeah so that's 12 minutes uh yeah it is useful to look at if you have game pass and are willing to put half hour into an academic exercise it is not a good game I do not think it's a very good game at all. No, um, I don't think so either. Cool. There's one more thing I can talk about, but I'll talk about that later. What What have you been doing? Uh, so there's really only one thing I can talk about with any sort of like new fresh yeah, yeah. thing, which is like the new Destiny season, um, right? Which is season of the Lost. Lost. Um, yes. This is the season where Marisov has come back. Um, right. After Everyone's having. Favorite. Yeah, after having just fucked off at the end of Forsaken and them um, not having talked about it for ages, uh, <laughs> she finally comes back um, with Savathun in tow, and right. they have an they have an arrangement where Savathun is going to help save the Dreaming City at the cost of Mara helping her take the worm. So every every like elder hive person has. The, the the parasitic worm that lives inside of them that is basically controlling them from like the elder worms. Yes. Um so Mara is helping Sabathon get that out of her. Mm. Um and that is their trade-off. But the whole time she Mara is now asking you to help with that by right. 
going through the seasonal activity and stuff like that. But it's 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 a weird situation where Sabathun now exists in the Dreaming City as a giant crystal because she the 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 thing that the the, the worst kept secret in Destiny Two turned out to be true, which was that like Osiris hasn't actually been Osiris the whole time. It's been Sabathun. Right. Um, oh, okay. And right. she she reveals herself and says, I, I it's me, Sabathun. I've been Osiris this whole time. I actually have Osiris. If you want Osiris back, you're gonna help me. And turns into a giant crystal and basically says, like, I need to do this, otherwise I'm gonna get controlled and people are trying to kill me, so I'm just gonna stay as this big crystal. Okay. And it's weird because you're now working for Mara, who's also working with Savathun. And Savathun is who... like big bad, right? Like, but the, she she has been behind basically everything bad that has happened in the past like yeah, five that's seasons. What I thought. Yes, like, okay. She she's been manipulating everything behind the scenes, basically as Osiris has been manipulating fucking everything. But she frames it as like a. I've been I've been doing this to try and help you. Like I'm doing this as a way to stop to prepare you for the bigger evil that's coming. Assuming okay. we're talking about whatever the Elder Worms are planning, but it's Sabathun's The Elder Worms is such yeah. a great sentence. Like, you know, like, Zol and, like, all yeah, those yeah. people. I know what you mean. I'm worms. just like, as a um, sentence, it's hilarious. I, but but it's, it's Sabathun who is, like, queen of lies and deception and all that, so she could just be fucking lying out of her arse. Like, we don't yeah. know. Um... So you're you're working with Mara and with Sarathun, which is really weird, especially because like every week as part of the weekly thing, you go and have like an audience with Sarathun, and she talks to you like a like your friends, and like it's the people in the tower and the people that are actively helping Mara should be reacting more <laughs> right. than they are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you, they should be just going like, "What the fuck? Why is Sabathun here as a giant crystal talking to us? Like, what the fuck is going on here?" But nobody's reacting to it because everybody's just like, "Oh, it's helping Mara, whatever." Um, yeah, like this giant evil thing is now you're just yeah, you're it's now getting quests from. It's so strange, but yeah, it's. I, I'm interested to see how they navigate it week to week with the story. If eventually Sabathun just goes, "I'm actually lying," and yeah. reveals herself or whatever, but. Right now she's just talking to you and she's using the weird, like, Ahamkara mind manipulation bullshit that is really obvious but is funny. Um, so the actual, the gameplay of it, the two seasonal activities are um, Astral Alignments and Shattered Realms, which are, Astral Alignment is a big six-man activity, it's very similar to the, oh, what was it called? The one from Season of the Savior that was the Time Spiral or whatever it was called. Oh, the, yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. where you go into the infinite, the infinite the sundial. That's what it's called. Sundial. Yes, the sundial. Um, yes. Very similar to that, where it's like you go through two activities that can be one of a pool of like four, so you get mm. them in a random order or whatever, and then you go back and you fight a big boss. It's not hard, like every seasonal activity, but it's at least it's at least shaken up by it being random, so you could get right. different stuff. Um, yeah, that makes sense. The loot follows the same loot pattern that has been for the past few seasons where it's like you have the Umbral Engrams that you can then focus into other stuff that they can focus it into. I want one of these two guns or I want armor with this. So you can be more specific about the drops if you want to. So that's how you do, that's how they do the specific drops now is all through Umbral Engrams. Um, The seasonal pass is the same as it's been for the past two seasons where it's an item that has levels that you can unlock uh, traits the art- for with- this is the artifact stuff 
Yeah, this is the artifact yeah. stuff. It's a, it's a it's a wayfarer's compass. Is the it's just a big fancy awoken compass. Sure. Um, and you can unlock traits for it that will help you in the activities and stuff. It's the same as it's been for the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, it's easier now because there is only one currency. It's not like um, season of the chosen or season of the splicer where it was like you start off with one currency that then transfers into another currency that you can then use to upgrade your thing. There's just one universal currency. Gotcha. And that works for everything, which is better. Um, and then Shattered Realms are the... Um, the three-man activity, which is kind of like a like a mini dungeon sort of thing. It's you going into the, uh, the Ascendant Plane to pull out uh, Mara's Techians, like her special wizards that are there and she's going to bring back all of her techians to then eventually purge the dreaming city of the taken that's kind of the idea behind it and it is you're going into like a line special awoken beacons and then um the the aligned beacons will then point you towards the location of the techian for you to go and save Mm -hmm. uh but the where it differs is that it is because it's in the ascendant realm and it's all to do with dreaming city stuff it's like there are weird hidden secrets everywhere and there's like weird side paths that you have to go and find the chests to find and stuff. So there is a little bit of like investigation involved if you want to find everything. Okay. And part of the like season pass stuff is you going into the realm and finding like, go and find three hidden chests in the shattered realms and all that stuff. So you you do have to go in and actually use the powers and it's it's interesting. It's more interesting than just go kill stuff. Like there is, and it does feel like a, awoken thing like it feels like being back in the dreaming city in forsaken where it was just like a bunch of hidden stuff and you were like i don't know what any of this means yeah, like, yeah, where yeah. the fuck is all of this it does feel like that again um which is pretty cool like it's it's an interesting idea for the season um as the the season is kind of shaken up the meta again as it typically does where um last season it was all about like grenade launchers because there was an insanely broken seasonal right, yeah. uh, mod, uh-huh. mod that you could get that now exists but for fusion rifles um okay. which is a a weapon that has not been used basically ever in destiny I, I, yeah like um, my time with it i i mean i never used them because i didn't like how they felt but like it felt like nobody was using fusion rifles yeah so really nobody ever. nobody uses fusion rifles ever the only time that fusion rifles ever got used was the the exotic one from saint 14 because it was good in pvp but ah, that okay was the only time it ever a fusion rifle ever saw use. Now, however, there is a seasonal mod at the end of the season pass that gives you a stacking damage amp for fusion rifles when you hit stuff with fusion rifles. Oh, God. So okay. up to five times, it increases your damage by, like I think it's 42.6% or something like that. Oh, wow. So okay. Big, 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 big damage increase. So now it's kind of cool because everybody gets to break out their fusion rifles again specifically if you got if you did last wish a lot and you have your 1000 voices your oh, big yeah, of course. fancy exotic one yep. is really really good um, so that is so I got it I got the, the mod a few days ago and jumped into Prophecy the Dungeon which the end boss of Prophecy is like a, a big fallen taken thing that like jumps between platforms and like teleports and stuff and can like teleport you back and mm. it's annoying it's a really annoying boss to fight because it just sits and jumps backwards and eventually teleports off uh i went in with three people two of which had 1000 voices and everybody had the the mod on they don't stack but it means that you stack it faster yeah, yeah. um 
because it applies to your team as well if you apply because it applies a debuff to them as opposed oh, to giving you God. a boss okay right yeah um so did that got to the boss fight the only time the boss ever stands still is at the very start of the fight and he stands on one platform for a like maybe 10 15 seconds mm. and we almost killed it in that one burst Jeez. like it was you like you yeah someone like gets five hits with a fusion rifle like one fusion rifle and then you pull out your thousand voices and just hold fire down and you shred that thing <laughs> like it is it is powerful it's a very very powerful mod um right. so that's going to be the season for six months or however long it's going to be until uh witch queen comes out this is also an extended season so this is a season that now right. lasts until witch queen which is february right so very very long they're kind of they are they're aiding it by doing the, the like 30th anniversary celebration thing in december so that's right, kind of like right. a half season like a mini season sort of thing but um yeah that's going to be what you do for the next six months is you're going to have your fusion rifles stapled to your character and that mod stapled to your class item and that's right. kind of it interesting like, um but yeah it's, it's it's cool like i like being back in the the dreaming city the dreaming city was always one of my favorite places it was go. definitely one of the um, coolest designed areas in that game yeah for, for sure when i played it yeah it was very cool the new the new the new guns are cool because they're all like awoken designs so they all have that weird elven fantasy but it's still a gun so yes. it has this weird look to it um some of them are pretty good there's some good uh the hand cannon in particular is pretty good uh you can get some good rolls for it but yeah it's it's more destiny so that's sure. that's kind of what that was is. the I, I can't remember if we talked here or not about the resolution to the previous thing which was definitely the most interesting way the story had gone oh the then. space racism yeah, yeah like did it did you without going into it because it's kind of out there now like did yeah. you, did, were you happy with the way that resolved? Did you feel it did a yeah, smart much. thing? It was it was the the right thing happened, which was the racists uh got what was coming to them when they realized that they were being shitheads and then all died. Right. Um and then there is the 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 end cutscene which was like uh the racists open like a big vex portal in the tower so vex start invading into the tower yeah and there's a cutscene of mithrax and saint 14 who was like obviously like the crazy demon for the fallen because yeah, yeah. he went on that fucking crusade um fighting like side by side and like saint 14 is like helping children fallen like up and get to shelter and stuff like that so yeah. it was this nice resolution of like oh everybody's like learned that you know you shouldn't be racist that it's all cool to like work together and stuff right um so yeah, it's pretty good. It was cool. a good little, good little resolution. I, I heard, um, I heard a, a a theory. I can't remember where I heard it um, about Destiny. Where, and I'd like to know if you think this is the same. Where it's very yeah. obvious per season who they could get in to record new voice lines because sometimes there are main characters yeah. that are just not present in some of this stuff or like don't have so, direct yeah. lines. There are a bunch of. There are, like in, in the last season it made sense for it to be Saint-14 because he had the fallen history and stuff like that but yeah it's very obvious by who appears in the storyline like who they could get yeah. because it's also like there are also characters that just like haven't been a, haven't talked or been around for ages like at the end of Beyond Light before the season the other season started mm. like it ended with like Anna Bray who Anna Bray and Rasputin, who Rasputin found, like, a robot body mm-hmm. and was in the process of helping Anna Bray install himself into the tower. 
and that's not been discussed at all and nobody's talked to Anna Bray for seasons like, <laughs> so she's just somewhere doing weird shit with Rasputin which is terrifying yeah but which which but is yeah, cool so it's, but... it, it's very obvious but um it's when you start to like, look it's at very, stuff it's very it's very obvious that what they they wanted to get here was Mara and Crow because they're obviously related so that's important yeah Petra because she's also related to the yep. um the awoken stuff and I think who else talked like Sabathun I guess but she's new so that's not really like a returning voice person um yeah it's very obvious that they could get they could only get specific people at specific times which and they write the stories around that kind of stuff which is yeah well the the Mara one there was one that they had to tell like they 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 signposted that she was going to come back at some point pretty soon so they had to do that at some point but yeah the other ones it's kind of like you could probably write stuff around who you could get totally Um, and it's especially interesting when you when you go up to like oh yeah when they they killed off Cade Six, my boy. And yeah. it was just like, yeah, we can't keep getting Nathan Fillion in here. Like, he's one too busy yeah, and possibly too expensive. Yeah. Like, you just can't yeah. keep doing this. Um, my my favourite thing about this season so far has been... So, Crow, formerly Aldrin Solve, now Crow, yep. is, has been kind of, like, on the sideline of a lot of these seasons, and now he's, like, actively doing a lot more, and is more... Obviously, he's more involved because it's Mara, and... He like turns up and is like, "Oh, I like I recognize the Dreaming City, and I sort of recognize you, but I don't know what the hell is going on because he got revived as a guardian, so you lose your memories." And um, him interacting with so there's two main things. There's him interacting with Mara, which has been Mara trying to re- remind him who he was by like telling him weird cryptic awoken stories and like weird stuff. But the interesting one has been Crow interacting with Petra, which has been Crow very obviously trying to flirt with Petra and Petra having absolutely none of it. And it's <laughs> it's great. Like okay. that writing is fantastic. And you hear it at the end of like Astral Alignments and stuff like that. The two start talking over the radio. And it's like, there was one point he was like, uh, like, Pe- like Petra, what does someone have to do to get on your good side? And Petra was like, oh, I don't have a good side. There is no good side to me. Like, you can only ever be on my bad side or on no side of me at all. Like, and then started listing a whole bunch of stuff of like, yeah, like, don't stab me in the back and don't shoot me and all that sort of stuff. Sure, and sure. like, well, I had no intention of doing that. So I, I guess that's that's good. And just sort of <laughs> left the call. It was, it's really good watching this because the guy is like, um, it's very obviously like this is supposed to be like... Uh, it's like it's like a new guardian, right? So he doesn't really have his footing yet, and he's trying to learn all this stuff. Because this is but, his this is his like redemption story, almost, right? Yeah, this is the, yeah. it's kind of yeah because he's like obviously he did all the bad stuff and then died and then got revived as a guardian. Yeah. So this is him trying to like, and there's been side plots in all the, the the seasons of him like trying to redeem himself by helping the guardians and like trying to do stuff for the vanguard yeah. and everybody still being like yeah, but you're still that guy, aren't you? But this is. This is him in a different sort of way of like him trying to learn socially how these characters interact, which because they are protagonists in like an action shooter where everybody talks about guns 90% of the time, it's really, really funny watching this guy try and flirt with this fucking like badass, uh, like right hand of the queen assassin type character it's brilliant it's really, really funny okay good um, i'm glad that i'm glad so they're letting the writing people really do their yeah do their work. It, it is, it's good that there is this kind of like it's it's not all doom and gloom stuff there is this kind of like weird stuff with like crow and petra and stuff it's great excellent 
Um, cool. Let's jump to intermission, and then we'll come back with with a little bit afterwards. Um, yeah, because there's a couple of couple of new stories I want to hit. Um, do you yeah. have some music for us? Yes. So I said last time that I was gonna. Uh, you did. I had my chance to get music. I was going to give you something from Death Door. Um, yes. Because Death Door is a fantastic game with a really fantastic soundtrack uh, written by David Fenn, who I only realized fairly recently also wrote Moonlighter, which was another soundtrack that I really, really liked. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that like, uh, shop-building dungeon crawler game. Yes. Uh, really, really good. Death Door is also amazing. It's really varied as well. There's a lot of, like broad range in the Death Door OST, uh, but I'm going to give you the the main track for the second dungeon, which is called Mushroom Dungeon, and you'll see why, because it is a very me sort of track. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so check the post for links, you can pick that up, and we'll be back with a little bit of news right after this. was Mushroom Dungeon from the Death's Door soundtrack. I encourage everybody to listen to it and play that game because they're both fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check out links so we can pick the, the soundtrack up. Um, yes. Before we get into news, very, very quickly, will you do me the honour of letting me just talk about Evangelion for like three minutes? Oh, for fuck. Just this like, is not an anime podcast. No, it's so not, can't... but I feel like I just... I just I feel like if this is if this podcast right. is a conversation of, of our lives, I feel like Evangelion is an important part of you it. You get you get two minutes to talk okay. about Evangelion, and I'm going to time you. Okay. And I'm going to stop you. Th- that's fine. That's all I need. Okay, ready? I'm going to yep. get you down. Right, three, two, one, go. Finally, watched all of the rebuild of Evangelion stuff. Four came out on Amazon Prime. Uh, they have totally changed so much about the the end of that series. That it is kind of wild. It looks amazing, but it is equally as incomprehensible. Where you can't take the twenty years before um, of that original series into the like, you cannot take all of the 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 lore and stuff that's built up over those twenty years and do something like that. That's very mature at this point, and they've basically just taken the whole of it and like rewrite a bit of it, most of it, and it's really really good. But at the end of it is absolutely gorgeous but completely incomprehensible and i'm really struggling with a lot of modern media these days that's like okay now go listen to these four hours of here's what all of this actually means and there's nothing for you if you don't want to interact with that that thing at all you need to go do extra research you need to read about where people were like where the creator was who this person was all this kind of stuff to really understand what's going on there's nothing there at all for you if you don't um if you want to be super literal about any of it. I understand that's part of the work, but it makes me feel real dumb, and I don't like it. <coughs> that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Cool, he had 45 seconds to spare. So cool. That's pretty good. Evangelion's really good. Well, no, it's... Well, yeah. Evangelion's a thing. No, you're done. It's important no. to me. That's it. That's it. No. I'm done. I'm done. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of bits, uh, couple of, bits of news that uh, I'd like to hit. Um, some interesting things, especially with... Um, for you now is the next big PS5 showcase is September 9th, which is the Thursday after you're listening to this. Yes. Um, it's a 40 minute 
presentation uh, games releasing this holiday and beyond um, and Ooh. some I get stuff. to care about PlayStation announcements again exactly um, and also there's some int- a lot of people around Sony and around Sony first party have said there's a lot of big stuff in this so yeah the things that the, explicit- the, the word is that it's going to be a big one that's yeah. the word they explicitly said they won't have any of the PS5 VR stuff that's the only thing they've said sure. is not there um, but yeah so yeah be interesting see what see what that is mm-hmm. um there is the i'm trying to see if there's any not bummer ones left uh, do, you, no. do you want me to talk about the 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 witch queen reveal for destiny like quickly oh yeah uh, if there's a, if there's a if there's a quick summary of that it's yeah, very, sure. yeah they're very very quick is that they they did their first ever preview for the next big expansion which is witch queen which is the sabathun expansion because she'll eventually turn evil uh they showed that she somehow gets the power of the light and starts being able to animate the hive like guardians who have like special light powers so you get yeah. like solar and void and arc hive going around uh, and they have ghosts and that's really really scary uh they announced the a new weapon type which is a glaive which is like a melee weapon that also has a gun on it so it's like a big oh, sword pole okay. arm that has a gun attached to it. Um, is that what a glaive is? Person. Have I been lied yeah. to about what a glaive is over these yeah, years? Yeah, a glaive's like a sword on a pole. Like, that's the... So do, do you remember fucking Dark Sector? Was that the name of that game? Which was the like the main... glaive, yeah. Yeah, but that glaive was like a throwable, like, big shuriken thing almost. Yeah, I I think they're both called glaives. I don't... Okay. I th- or I think it's like... So the the only way that I know Glaive in terms of the throne dagger thing other than Dark Center is in the movie Crawl, where they right. call it a Glaive. I don't know if that's like a thing, but whatever. The the Glaive typically is like a polearm. Like yes. that's what a Glaive is. Or like a Bardiche, I guess, if you yes. like you want to call it. It's that is, that is what, idea. That's what Wikipedia says, so I'm gonna go with Um that. Yeah, so there's that that has like a gun and uh melee attacks that you use in first person, so they're different to swords. They said that you won't find them, you'll craft them, and then said that there's going to be like a weapon crafting system implemented. That's good because it's a, it's an ultimate way to like get the gun that you want just by making it. It's bad because they have done crafting systems like this in the past. I'm thinking of transmogging and completely fucked the economy for it. Yep. So they need to not do that especially if it's going to be a direct gameplay related system they've obviously not talked about how it works yet but i'm just saying keep an eye on it yeah um have they still not addressed any they, of the transmogging stuff it still has launched nope, just as is just totally okay. not changed it um they've taught they talked about their their content cycle and they've said that they're going to not only with the new seasonal model with like new seasonal activities every season but every three months players can expect a new dungeon or raid in that when Witch Queen launches. So new big content basically yep. every three months. Every three months. Really, really good. Yep. Um they also talked about like cycling stuff. They're gonna get better about cycling stuff in and out of like the vault and stuff like that. So they're gonna bring yep. old raids back and all that stuff. Sure. Good stuff. The other thing that they talked about quickly was the Bungie anniversary stuff. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their mini season that's happening in December, there's gonna be a there's going to be like a strike, a, a brand new strike to do with the anniversary, and there's going to be a new dungeon that's in the loot cave from Destiny One, which is <laughs> a really, really funny reference. That's um, great. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of new guns and stuff like that. The main thing about it is that they're bringing back Galahorn, and that is 
either really funny or really terrifying or really sad. It's really funny because they could bring it back and it would be bad because rocket launchers aren't great right now. Um, that would be hilarious, but that's also kind of sad because then you're kind of like ruining the memory of Galahorn. Like, there's a lot of people that like want to keep Galahorn in D1 where it belonged as this kind of like pinnacle crazy moment in their mind of holy fuck this gun just took over everything yep um or it's really scary because if they just do that again in d2 it just does that to d2 and they can right they have again. to know what they it does you'd assume that they're now they're they, they're only bringing it back now because they think they can balance it and make it fair but then if it's fair it's not galahorn so it's it's weird it, it's a weird idea but they're right. going for it so whatever because all, um, all the stuff attached to that name, like about how yeah, Galahorn is, is a, a big yeah. deal in Destiny. Like it yeah. is a huge deal. Um, but yeah, that's it. That that was the Witch Queen announcement, cool. like very very quickly. And that's fair. Sounds cool. Right? Interesting stuff. February, February. is for, cool. February twenty second. So two 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 two. Oh, of so, course. Was it? Was they? There was something else that announced recently that was on two 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 two. It was something I cared about and got yeah. really mad about, and I can't remember what it was. Is that Sifu? Was Fuck. that? Hey, Sifu, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sifu's out the also same that. day as Witch Queen, which made me really angry. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because I remember seeing the text message thing of going like, oh, cool, Sifu, look, Sifu's got a date. Oh, fuck, it's the same day as Witch King. Yeah. Witch King. I was like, because it was the trailer in the, the PlayStation, or like, was it PlayStation? Whoever no, it was. It was. Um, oh, no, it was, it was opening night live. That's what yeah, it was. It was good um, And it was, it was doing that, and I was like, man, this looks fucking great. Like, it looks super good. Like, I'm happy the Absolver. I'm happy the Absolver guys have got a game that is like everybody's really hyped for. That's yep. great. Oh, cool! They're gonna announce a date. Fuck! It's the same day as Switch Queen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. It was great. It was, it was, it was. Uh, I'm interested. That's gonna be a fun day. But yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Speaking of um launch dates and issues causing coming from launch dates, um, Horizon Forbidden West had a bit of a up and down over yep. the last couple of days. Um. Yep. So started with uh. As described by this Kotaku article, Horizon Forbidden West has nine confusing additions for some reason. Um, yeah. So Forbidden West, the sequel to Horizon, is a PS4 and PS5 game. There are six editions, basically, to start with, which are like the basic digital editions, one for one per platform. There's a retail edition, one for each platform. And for $10, I, also the PS4 is $60, PS5 $70. And then for $10 more for both of those, there's a special edition, which is a steelbook, art book, voucher for pre-order yeah. bonuses, blah, blah, Like the stuff you would expect. Um, yep. So if you can't, if you can't digital and, and retail as two separate editions, also retail special edition, fine, six editions. There's also an $80 d- digital deluxe edition. And this is where the problems start to appear. Digital deluxe edition. Digital deluxe edition. Right. Um, yeah. Which is... All of the stuff from the retail version... Sorry, no, no, that's not even true. It is a downloadable soundtrack, digital art book, bunch of other digital goodies. Right. And it includes the PS4 and PS5 versions of the game, which is the, okay. what this whole thing has been about, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's a $200 collector's edition, which is the retail collector's edition, which is like, which comes with the giant fucking, the thingy, uh, tremor trunk, whatever they call the big elephants in that game, um, yeah, statue yeah, yeah. with steelbook, with art book, blah, 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 digital goodies, whatever. Also, that is a, there's no, there's no disc with that game, but it comes with a steelbook. Like the code, it I mean, comes it's just with something to sit on your shelf. It's like the, it's like the, the statue, right? It's just something to sit on your shelf. Sure, like, right. 
yeah, but it's like this collector edition box that you have no disc to put in, which is yeah. hilarious. But anyway, so that's all of them. And then there's the $260 Regalia edition. Oh, God. Regalia okay. edition, sorry. Which is has the mammoth statue, but it's a different mammoth statue, which is bigger. Uh, also, like, a more cards, fancy mammoth statue. A map, a replica focus, her ear thing. Yeah, the thing. And a stand and all of this kind of stuff. And also, it's digital downloads for PS4 and PS5. So, half the conversation is like, that's a lot of editions. Fine. Oh, yeah. Go do your thing. But the other thing is, um, there's no upgrade from PS4 to PS5 at all. Um, which was a thing that Sony had promised specifically. Um, so this is Jim Ryan from the Washington Post in 2020. Quote, Jim Ryan saying, quote, No one should be disappointed. The PS5 versions of those games are built from the ground up to take advantage of the PS5 feature set. And we have an upgrade path for PS4 users to get PS5 versions for free. It's about people having choice. Mm. I'm really quite pleased about the situation. And this okay. is specifically when I'm talking about Horizon and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, sure. In that is context. that true? So they're now saying that's not true anymore. So basically what... They, well, no, because the digital editions and the special editions, the first two editions, are platform specific. There yeah. is no upgrade path. They well, are so, yeah, at that's all. what I'm saying. So they're saying Sorry, there yes. isn't an upgrade path. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only way said up- there would be. <laughs> they said there would be, and there isn't. So uh, the only way to get an upgrade path is to buy the $80 special edition. One of the three special editions which start at 79 But even then, is that, is that an upgrade path? I thought that was just you get both editions. That's not an yes. upgrade. That's just no, you getting right. the yes. PS5 edition. But the only way to guarantee an upgrade, in inverted commas, is to buy sure, yeah, $80 yeah. special it's edition. To buy the P- or exactly. just buy the PS5 edition. That's the, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this basically goes back on the thing and they've basically said there is no upgrades, whatever. It cannot be patched. There's no upgrade coming. Um, so a couple of things to point out here. Uh, well, actually, I can't even do that anymore because. So okay, so this was a big, big deal, right? Like this was a thing they said. Like first party stuff will have upgrades. Like we said this explicitly. Whatever. Yeah. It was yep. weird that they've just gone back on this, right? Like it got to the point where there are so many additions and so much of the stuff. The PlayStation website has a fact about what the fuck I can do, right? Um, How do I buy this video game? That's the... Okay, actually, it's still in this fact. Can I upgrade my Horizon Forbidden West PS4 version to the PS5 version? To access the, both the PS4 and PS5 versions, you will need to purchase the Digital Deluxe Collectors of Regalia editions. Dual entitlement does not apply to the Standard and Special Editions. There are no plans for an update offer from Standard Digital Deluxe Edition at this time. Gross. So this is from the fact, right? This is the yeah. original fact. As of... When was the date on this? September fourth. So this was this weekend, Saturday. Um, they walked some of that back, basically, and said, um, "This is again Jim Ryan putting a statement out on the Sony PlayStation blog, which I will read here because it is a fantastic bit of um, retconning and spin." <laughs> yeah. So basically, one of the things that was confusing about this was like it wasn't entirely clear why this was the case. Specifically because they'd originally said this. And according to this, I'm just going to read a little bit of this statement here. Um, (laughs) Subheadline. All pre-order details for this awe-inspiring continuation of Aloy's journey coming February 18th. Okay. Uh, Thursday was a celebration of Forbidden West and the amazing team, blah, 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 blah. However, it's abundantly clear that the offerings we confirmed in our pre-order kickoff missed the mark. Last year we made a... Okay, so this is the important bit. 
Last year, we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades for our cross-gen launch titles, which included Horizon Forbidden West. While the pandemic's profound impact pushed Forbidden West out of the launch window we originally envisioned, we will still stand by our offer, and players who purchase Horizon Forbidden West on PS4 will be able to upgrade the PS5 version for free. So their spin was that we said free upgrades for launch titles and launch window titles, but the game got delayed because out of the launch, launch window. window. Yeah, they were going back on that. But they've said so. They've That's... said so. Third paragraph, also very important to say, to be very explicit about. I also want to confirm today that moving forward, PlayStation first-party exclusive cross-gen titles, which new release on PS4 and PS5, both digital and physical, will offer a ten-dollar US digital uh, US dollar digital upgrade option for PS4, PS5. This will apply to the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7 and any other exclusive cross-gen PS4, PS5 titles published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. So this is them putting the foot down, right? This is them going... Yeah, yeah, This is the policy going forward, so stop fucking asking us. $10 upgrades for our shit, yeah. right? Um. So yeah, the spin on this thing is fucking wild. Like, that's, the yeah, idea that's that, like... No, next no, no, level we, spin. Right, like we weren't, we actually had reasons and the reason was we didn't actually lie to you. We just delayed it out <laughs> of the launch window so that they were We, we did happen. something that then makes us change our mind about what we said. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like, and, and also like um, other console exclusives around this time are getting PS5 improvements, right? Like, the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is a paid upgrade path from PS4 to PS5. Yeah. Death Stranding Director's Cut is a paid upgrade. In fact, that, do you have to buy that game again? Actually, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to. No, <laughs> I know, but I think you. I think that's a separate title. Or if you want to do it, you have to buy it again. I have yeah, no idea. Exactly. Yeah. Um, PS4 titles like God of War and the original Horizon have got free patches. So Horizon, the original Horizon, got the PS5 patch like recently, actually. Um, but yeah, I was just I I was watching this happen almost in real time, and just going, that is some that's some PR fucking nonsense yeah. right there. That, um, there are there are some there are some PR people that really earned their paycheck that day yeah. when they. <laughs> but also, it's forced them to double down and say yes, ten dollars from here on in. Sure, which yeah. I'm glad they said it. That's yeah. still too much money. But no, absolutely. Like why? Yeah, I, I can't remember. Why do you need I, to pay I, to do that? Like, I wish I'd, I wish I'd saved the tweet uh, so I could uh, credit it. But it was somebody saying like, um, "It'd be easier to just not do this rather than having to continually backtrack." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So that was that was an interesting thing. Um, there was a really so, so, and again, in reference to some of the stuff we talked about earlier with. Um, well, okay, I'll, I'll I'll get into the story and then talk about why it was important. So yeah. um, there's a lone game developer who goes by Emika Games, released a game called Summer of 58 on Steam, um, yeah. which is a horror game, um, and basically came out and said, put a statement out that said, um, do I have the statement here? Yeah. Friends, thank you for your support. I'm leaving game development for an indefinite amount of time to collect my thoughts. The fact is that my game Summer of 58 does not reach two hours of playing time by Steam standards and in this regard caused a huge number of returns on the game even with positive reviews. And I do not earn earn enough to create a new game. Thank you for your support. Very glad to like my games, but since I have no conditions to do something new, I will have to go do something else. Um, They talked about their game in development. That game, uh, which is called From Day to Day, 
I will answer immediately anyone who asks about from day to day. This game will not see the light of day in the near future. See you later. That was it. That was the whole statement. Which is fucking heartbreaking, right? Like, yeah, that's awful, the idea yeah. that somebody put their heart and soul into something like this. Um, so Summer 58 is on Steam. It has very positive reviews. Um, like 626 very positive reviews. Um, it's £5.19 as I look at Steam right now. No, sorry, no, that's the wrong game. Uh, £6.19 uh, on Steam right now. And uh, I don't think it was this article, but there was uh, one of the outlets um, did a. They just went through some of the Steam reviews or posted some of the um, return reasons for this game, and a lot of it was like, I mean, I completed it in two hours, so why not return it? And you're like, yeah, that's and it's that's a not re- the point. exactly, and it's a really, it's a really tricky situation, right? Because you do need. You need this policy to exist, right? You need to have some way of being able to refund the game, right? In the case yeah, of, of something, course, yeah. In the game of, in the case of something like, like just because it's a very recent example of something like Cyberpunk, right? Where you download that game, it does not fucking work on your system. Yeah, you need a way to be able to get it back, right? Yeah, it's you. So you need this system to be in place, but it does penalize people who are making smaller experiences for less money. Where if you are under two hours, there is no guarantee that you're going to make any money from your game if people just return it. And again, if you look at the... Yeah. There have been other people who have gone through this process who have published, like, here are the reasons that people... Because when you do a re- refund on Steam, you can there's a text box there. It's like, why are you returning this? Um, and a lot of them were like, I really like this, but it was under two hours. And you're like, the fuck? Like, yeah, what? that's not a reason. Like- a lot of it equating like, seems, that that's like saying that's like saying that the default is that if it's under two hours then you just return it like mm-hmm. that's the that's exactly which, no like like why at this and it's and it's one of the unfortunate situations that steam is in such a prominent position it is right where like if you don't put your game on steam you don't get a lot of eyes on it or you don't get as many eyes yeah. as you do on something else yeah but this is the policy and if you're building a game intentionally that is under two hours or can be done in under two hours like i don't know what the solution to this is right like um, in a way, and, I, and again, if I did, I would work for Steam, right? But like, there's sure. a, there's a, I've seen a bunch of situations put in where you're like, okay, you could theoretically mark an achievement on Steam as completed, at which yeah. point Steam then has data to go, well, you finished the game, so you can't return it now because you've done. Sure, the thing. yeah. But also, like, if you want to fuck people, you put that achievement as your very first thing, and Steam doesn't give a shit because they don't actually check their games yeah, anymore yeah. right like for every solution there's a way around it and it really is a case of like what like who's responsible for anything and steam doesn't appear to want to be responsible for anything so they're just like i don't know like it doesn't do, do us anything yeah. like so why not doesn't affect um, us so yeah. go for it but it is fucking heartbreaking to watch this kind of stuff yeah, especially really from sad. like single yeah. devs and stuff like that think, is... about the, think about like the number of experiences that you could have in video games that are under two hours exactly like, fucking, like edith edith finch was only like an hour and a half or yeah something you could do like you that. could like do that an hour yeah. and a half if you wanted and it's just like and again you look at a lot of the the response things and it's like i don't think this is um worth the ten dollars i paid for or five dollars i paid for. like you don't yeah sure yeah which I would be more receptive to if I believed them. Where like, how much like, and again, it's a shitty comparison, but like, you do do the comparison with with going to going out to the cinema if you remember what cinemas are, right? Like, I plan on doing that next weekend right? for the first time in two years. And you're years, paying yeah. how much is a grown up ticket? Like six pound, I think. 
plus what? food. It's way more than that. What are you is talking it? about? I have no idea. How much, yeah. is, a, how much is a ticket for like a... 12, something like is that? It? Right. Yeah. And you're going to watch a two to three hour movie, right? Yeah. Somewhere between one and a half and three hour movie, right? Like, you don't get that money back, right? Like, I don't, like... Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You don't get that back because you wanted to. Like, exactly. That's... Like, it really does feel like... It really does feel like Steam... You could probably get the thing you need if you crank that time back to, like, half hour, right? Or, like... Sure, yeah. Half hour from first boot or something like that, right? Like... Yeah, something like that. So, and, and again, set it back, I bought Recompile, right? Like, I had I bought that game on Steam the day it came out, and I am unhappy with my purchase. But I have not refunded that game I because I was done with it within... It was it was slightly longer than two hours to be fair, but like even if I could, like I wouldn't have returned that game. Like I just didn't like yeah. the game. That's sure. different from this game deserves a refund, right? Like oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure there, yeah. There's 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 subtlety in there as well that you're just the like, refund should be there for the thing if if it's like fucking broken not if because you were you didn't missold, like it, like if that, it doesn't yeah. work on your system if there yeah. was something genuinely wrong. It's not a case of like just because I can finish in under two hours it should go back. It's just. Yeah, there needs to be something changed for that, or else you are basically excluding a bunch of developers from your yep from your, totally, from platform. your platform. Yeah, exactly. In which case, like, I don't know, go on itch. Like, itch. All these games are on itch as well, and like, you can't just do that. Um, yeah, it's it's really. But then, like, ninety really percent of people don't know what itch is. So totally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Who's getting eyes? Getting eyes. Yeah. So this is more of a observation from a few people, actually. I noticed it as well, but this was, actually came out and made a statement. Um, so the new Call of Duty get announced, obviously. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. The announcement, or the announcement for the announcement, the initial trailer basically came out. Um, and the word Activision, or the logo for Activision, was not anywhere in that trailer. Which you would oh. go, huh, that's an interesting thing, if it hadn't also been the case of Activision being sued by the California government, which we talked about last time, currently in the middle of that lawsuit. True. So people yeah. looked at that and went, that's weird that Activision are not putting their name on their, their giant cash cow. Like that's, marquee product, yeah. Right? Um, so a bunch of people, a bunch of outlets asked for statements. Um, and uh, they got a statement back. This is uh, Game Industry at Biz. Ba, 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 ba. Activision's logo does not even appear at the end of the trailer, an omission that did not go unnoticed by various outlets, sparking speculation this was an effort to distance that will distance what will undoubtedly be the publisher's biggest seller this year from the ongoing scrutiny around the allegations and lawsuit it faces. Um, Activision addressed this statement to Axios's, Axios's Stephen Totello, which he shared via Twitter. Quote, Call of Duty... Oh, I hate this already. Call of Duty has <laughs> continued to expand into an incredible universe of experiences, the company said. This was a creative... This was a creative choice that reflects how Vanguard represents the next major installment in the franchise. That's not an answer to the question that was asked, but okay. Yeah. Um, they said it was a creative choice to a thing that requires no creative input, but okay, sure. Um, you just didn't put your fucking name on your fucking game. Like, that's not a creative... What creative decision are you talking about here? Like, what? What are you talking about? It's... Yeah, yeah. it's wild. And again, like, I watched some... Did I watch or did I watch it afterwards? I can't remember. I watched some... It's been interesting to me as somebody who does not really care about Call of Duty that much to watch how they have handled this situation, right? In, yeah, in, for at, sure. Especially in the run-up to a time where they are about to announce their, their their biggest game of the year, right? That they do every yeah. year. Like, Activision is not a thing without Call of Duty anymore. Like, they no. Have, 
That is their like, thing. Clearly, especially especially after that investor call where they were trying to like divert everything right. to like, yeah. oh yeah, but Call of Duty's still going well and that's mm. going to sell and yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that investor call last uh, last time, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, it's been interesting to watch them, and especially when you because um, there was a Call of Duty section at uh, the Gamescom ONL um, where they got was a creative director from Sledgehammer and the one of the voice actors, right? That's who was doing that presentation. Something like that. It was Laura. I can't remember. Laura. Uh, oh God, what's her surname? Like the one of the big. Laura Birch, is Laura, that her name? Laura, Laura Bailey, Bailey, Laura Bailey, Laura Bailey yeah. is in that game, um, and that's who they t- they sent out in person to talk about the game, right? Um, and it's been really weird to watch them just like back the fuck off all of this stuff um, while it's happening in an effort to not sully the product. But it's like it's just yeah. it just the I was I, I was very interested to see if there was a response to that, and the fact that the response was creative decision is just like a massive fuck you. Like get fucked. Yeah, that's, really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, um, that's what they have to say because they can't say, totally. "Yeah, we're not doing this because we're getting sued." Totally. Us. Yeah. Um. There's also I'm not going to hugely talk about it, but there's a really interesting um, interview with Game Informer um, with Evan Wells and Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog. Um, basically talking about like as a kind of postmortem of of um, Last of Us Two, mm. um, and remembering Last of Us, uh, sorry, not Last of Us, um, Naughty Dog already had their own issues around I crunch say, yeah. and various accusations and all of this kind of stuff. So this interview starts to touch on some of that stuff, um, specifically the crunch section of it. Um, yeah. So this is from the Kotaku article. Um, Naughty Dog is particularly prone to crunch. Time and again, the company's games may win awards and sell copies, but not at cost. Following the release of 2016's Uncharted 4, 70% of non-lead designers left the studio. As Jesus. Wired, yeah. I, did, I hadn't seen that number specifically, but Fucking yeah. that's a ridiculously high turnover rate. As, Jesus. as Wired recently noted, the typical industry turnover rate is about 15%. So yes, that's a giant... That is, that is an unheard of turnover. Yeah. Um, so... But there's a specific line in here that says... Um, so Drugman says, everyone has a different definition of what crunch means. We find that the, there's no one solution that fits everybody. Everybody has a unique situation we might need to address. So then Game Informer floated unionization, right? That's one solution to this problem. Um, from the Kotaku article, Wells demurred and said he hadn't much considered it. Just there's absolutely nothing lost in installation. Here's the answer in full. I have not put a lot of thought into that. I don't know if that would be a solution for Crunch. To Neil's point about making sure that everybody is available to work as hard or as little as they want, we've got to create an environment that allows that. If we have some sort of restriction where the clock strikes 40 hours and the server shut down and you can't work anymore, that would frustrate people to no end. There are people who really want to put in that extra polish on their own volition and they would feel handcuffed. Oh, that's not... That is a mm. shitty statement in That's every really way, shape, a bad form, answer. Right? Yeah. Like, so basically, the, their argument is that, like, well, there are people that want to work hard, right? Like, that is that's well, the, the, the uncoded. It's, 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 it's you saying the sentence, there are people who want to work hard, implying that the, the people who are working hard are the people who are doing ridiculous overtime and crunching really yeah, hard. Exactly. Which means that the people that are working healthily and normally. Yeah. Are not therefore working hard. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so. I mean, I mean, awful, this, awful this, sentence. This is a conversation that is not just happening in games. Like, this is a conversation happening throughout tech. Like, it happens in my industry. Yeah, it happens sure. in software engineering all the time, right? And there's a lot of studies now, and a lot of people, a lot of people who still fucking believe this as well, which is part of it. But there are a lot yeah. of studies that are like the effect that 
they can't say like yo crunch helps our game right one because it's not true yeah. two because you can't say that right so the thing they're saying is like we need to create an environment where if you want to put in like a few extra hours to real because of the thing that you care about then we need to be able to do that but yeah, the thing yeah, is yeah. that that is a that is a domino system that is like well if these five people who really care about the product in inverted commas put in some extra hours that influences the other people and especially if you're doing things like performance-based pay pay promotions yeah. and all that kind of stuff yep. like it fucks everyone bonuses right? all that exactly stuff, yeah. it fucks everyone involved and also yeah. I, I, again i wish i'd kept this twitter thread to credit it but there was somebody who has worked in not just games but software in general it's like if you are a if you are a uh gameplay designer right and you add a new system that you think will improve the game and is like you really put in your extra hours to make that happen, right? Yeah. That is not just not only are you then demeaning the other people who actually just want to work the 40 hours, um, you've also then created extra work for every other team in the building, right? You, your art team now has to do their art pass on the thing that you've made. The testing yeah, team now yeah, have yeah. more hours. All so it does it does have this knock-on effect indirectly on everyone else that's there. Whereas if you have this thing which is like, yo, here's what we work, everyone fucking leaves, like, yeah, it's fine. Like that, that's how that works. And again, the idea that are like, well, if you had a, if the, if unionization was a was an option, you could have the point where like, if enough people come in and say, yo, this is getting crazy, we can start having a negotiation about this, and they're like, yeah, you can have, you can talk about, yeah. It, yeah. And the idea that in 2021, one of the largest first party game development studios in the world goes, we haven't really thought about unionization. Like, no, fuck you. Like yeah, that's, you that's ridiculous. You don't get to say that, right? That is not a thing you can say. Um, Especially after like, like you've had multiple articles written and investigations into your work practices you don't then get to say oh yeah we didn't think about it yeah like, like people not... have directly said to you i have now just said to you directly what about unionization and you don't get yeah. to yeah um get to sweep under being like oh yeah we didn't think about that it's like what like why not yeah. if, if that's true you look like a moron exactly and if it's not true then you're just lying to people again exactly like there's yeah. there's no positive spin on that at there's all there's no good way to spin it exactly um Yeah, so the last thing I've got here, just because we should probably wrap up, um, is um, Waypoint and Motherboard over at Vice did, uh, um, have been doing an investigation or multiple different steps of investigation into um, Unity. Um, and basically, they got sent a bunch of emails or they got a bunch of um, uh, sources in saying there is a part, of, there's a department in Unity that is responsible for having... Uh, for maintaining government contracts, uh, government contracts, government and military contacts. Um, yeah. Um, are you off your mic? What the hell's what's happening? Sorry, sorry. There, yeah, 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 I think something up. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, there's a part of Unity 3D engine developer um, who they have a department that is work that is working on government and military contracts. Yeah. Of which they do not talk about ostensibly for security reasons but also like that's the thing and basically a bunch of unity developers got in and was like hey like what's the deal with this like you need to tell us what contracts we're working on so that i can decide if i want to work for this company right because yeah sure um, yeah which is a totally valid thing so there's basically lack of transparency about what those contracts could could do so a bunch of this came out from the original um uh vice post uh, or vice report 
Um, headlined Unity Workers question company ethics as it expands from video games into war. Um, so yeah, um, it also says like Unity's site has a thing that says their technology is being used by the government and military, but there's a different thing from a company or a government or military is using your software through the normal process that people use your software as opposed excuse me, to you having to a government specific software being made for or you having an internal team yeah. working on that or stuff government contracts that are, exactly yeah. so um and basically they got a bunch of slides and, and all this kind of stuff and about how they talk about it and blah 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 so basically john riccatello who by the way is now the ceo of unity which i did not know is um, he really Fucking yeah hell. xea john riccatello is the yeah. ceo of the company um, and basically they were due to have a town hall anyway and then they were like hey we're going to talk about this thing here because a bunch of you have, have raised comments um I'm just going to read from the start of the, the, the Waypoint article here. Unity CEO John Riccatello opened the recent town hall meeting with employees by telling them that he understood that they wanted to leave the company. Quote, The majority of you are going to agree with what I have to say today, Riccatello said. Some won't, and while I know this will be difficult to hear from, I understand that a few of you may determine that Unity is not the best fit for you. Real good, strong opening to your fucking... Yeah, that's good. Here's us. Basically saying, if you don't like it, leave. That's Basically, good. yeah. Um... So basically, the line that they drew, or they said that they drew, was... Um, so yeah, Waypoint obtained a recording of this meeting during which Riccatello assured employees that Unity will never knowingly work on a project that directly helps the military kill people or train soldiers in combat. What? Ha- however, Riccatello did not provide a clear answer to employees' questions about how Unity's work could indirectly lead to loss of life. Yeah, so basically, what the, you're working, if you're working for the military, then it's really hard to not do that indirectly right. in some way. Um, so uh, this is their Unity's director of communications, Marissa Graves. A lot of employees are curious if Unity has worked on projects surrounding the simulation of using weapons, weaponized vehicles, training to harm other people, or training soldiers. Uh, which was basically relaying a question of employees to Riccatello. Riccatello responds, "Well, training soldiers to do what?" We definitely work on training. We don't work on things that involve direct loss of life. Training soldiers is a little broad. There are things. There are a lot of humanitarian things that soldiers do. There's lots of things you can train soldiers in. But training drones to kill people? No. Um, <laughs> one That's current, a statement. One That's... current Unity employee who attended the town hall who asked to remain anonymous out of fear of retaliation said, John Riccatello and his leadership team seem to be fully committed to bullshitting their way through this. Yep. <laughs> they promised transparency yep. in the town hall but delivered only lazy deflections. Uh, and then there's a final line that I want to quote here very directly. Uh, I think it's the end of this article. You should go read the article. There's a lot of really good detail in here. Yeah, there's good info. Um, <laughs> the first question employees asked was whether Unity would be open to working with the Chinese or Russian militaries. Riccatello stated that he expected... Um, Oh, sorry. The other thing is that they have a internal, an internal team in inverted commas, whatever that means. Don't know who staffs it. Don't know how big it is. Don't know what power they have. That basically is their like ethics thing for contracts, where all contracts go through this team to decide whether to take the contract or not. So that and that's called the SEAC. Riccatello yeah. stated that the SEAC expected that to keep the company in line when it faltered. That there were obvious lines the company wouldn't cross. Quote: I don't think we'd do anything for the Ku Klux Klan. Riccatello said. <laughs> they've got good start wait good start john they've got a simple mission that's, that's one that does not align with who we are it's about the nature of the organization end of quote okay. we will work with and do and work with foreign governments and foreign militaries 
Um, for instance, Unity oh. got uh, explained that before the the SEAC existed, Unity got a big proposal from a Chinese AI company that's linked to the Chinese military. And the company decided not to take that work, quote, because we did not think that their missions was in line with our values. <laughs> so, okay. okay, it's good they won't work with the KKK. Excellent. Good. Because yeah, the KKK great. well known for well, needing 3D training software. But okay. Right, so, so, right. But is it, though, saying that we don't work with the KKK because it doesn't align with our company values, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't just work for the KKK because, you know, they're racist. Like, that's it the... doesn't align with their company values. I mean, yeah, but that's one. <laughs> but again, this is the whole thing about this kind of communication, right? You cannot take a political yeah, no, stance. It is, a, it is a corporate communication about that sort of thing. Like, yes, yeah, and as soon as you say the Ku Klux Klan are bad, which is not an uncontroversial statement in my opinion, but you know, no, not really. um, as soon as you say the KKK are bad, that's you taking a political stance, which you're not allowed to do True. in business. St- I forgot, so I instead, forgot that video games aren't political. I exactly. So instead of saying, yeah. instead of taking a political stance in inverted commas, you say they do not align with your values because then you're saying the business has values and they do not align with your values. It's a different, it's a swerve yeah. from you not having to put your foot down on anything. And also yeah, it means exactly. that yeah. the company values can change over time and it's still your company values, right? And you haven't yep. lied to anyone. Um, nope. But that's the thing. Your company right? values. The company values are set by the people at the top, and they can be whatever they whatever want. Whatever the to fuck be you want. Any, exactly. Um, so yeah. So this whole thing is just complete bullshit. And the fact that like not only is it a bad statement, not only is it a bad reflection on like what you're doing, the fact that they started the town hall with, and if you don't like it, you can fuck off, is like yeah. great. Great what? optics on that. Yeah. Exactly. And it's also very difficult, right? Because by nature, they're not being transparent with these projects. So you cannot say at any point, I am leaving this company because of this project. Um, yeah. Because you don't know what projects there are, right? Um, and uh, I think it was uh, Rob Zachney, when they were talking about this on the, the Waypoint podcast, was saying, I think one of the things, I can't find the exact number, but basically uh, an employee asked, like, what percentage of our business is this group that deal with government contracts? And they said, like, it's only 5% of our business. And we're like, okay, cool. That's good, I suppose. But yeah. if it's only 5% of your business, why the fuck are you doubling down on protecting this tiny part of your business as opposed yeah, to going... so readily, yeah. Yeah, like, if it's only 5% of your business, then why defend it in this way? Why really go to bat for it? And the reason that was posited, which I've pretty much agree with is that like because this is an expanding market this is you getting your foot in the door of the market that you expect this to be a higher percentage as time goes on that's sure, why you okay. defend it right you can't yeah if yeah. you were to go now and say you're like, you're it's a growing market is the exactly. thing you're hoping it's going to be yeah exactly like this is you talking to specifically to investors and saying like yeah we're going to get more government contracts and this number is going to get bigger um yeah because it's relatively stable work in the grand scheme of tech and all this kind of stuff um, yeah, so there, there's two Waypoint articles, the original one and then the, the, the article on the the actual town hall. Um, it's wild and it's well worth having a look at as an example of like the kind of non-answers you can get from yeah. this stuff that allows them to do whatever the fuck they want and not claim that they've lied to anyone. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it was the line about the KKK was the one that was like, okay. That, the like, KKK line's ridiculous. We yeah, cannot... That's... We cannot at any point say it's because they're racist. It's because they do not align with who we are yeah, as a company. As a company. What the actual fuck? What the actual fuck? Jesus. Um, cool. That's all the, the news we've got. Um, the next couple of weeks are fucking insane, actually. Just looking yeah. at the release schedules. Um, Games are out, I think. 
Yeah, so the ninth is The Artful Escape, which is a game I've been watching for a while, which is like a 2D music platformer rhythm game thing, which looks amazing. Um, And then the 10th is Life is Strange, True Colors comes out, which totally snuck up on me. I forgot that game was even Oh yeah, right, fuck. Yeah, Um, That's the 10th. Uh, and then Deathloop's Death- the 14th, 14th. Uh, there was something else in September that I keep coming back Sable? to Sable's out um, at the end of the at the end of the month yep uh, uh, I thought there was something else maybe there's not oh the the Outer Wilds expansion DLC extra content oh right yeah 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 that thing yeah. 28th as well um, oh and the Judgment sequel is also out in September which I sure. never finished the first one, so I'm not particularly worried about that. I'll yeah, get to it, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's everything. I, th- I swear there was something else as well. Oh, um, The Medium is coming to PS5 as well. Don't buy that game. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. I think that's everything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, GameWangerStore.com is the name of the website. You can find all our videos, articles, podcasts will be up there. Oh, actually, videos are coming. So, uh, Route 96, it'll be out the week you hear this. I'm rendering it after I'm done recording this. Uh, yeah. we There's a couple of videos in, uh, that I would like to do. I'd like to do something with Kiwi, which is a co-op game that I've been having a lot of fun with that I think yeah. would fit into our our genre of co-op game, co-op video games that are complete fucking chaos. That will be one of them. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying a VR game at the minute that I'll need to see if I can technically do anything with because I'm actually really enjoying it and I think it would be useful to show because um, I haven't done anything with VR I, yet. I think it would probably be easier in that situation if I just like came up and we potentially, did something with potentially, it. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Um, yeah, we, we might see Oh, because that's the thing we can potentially do now. Weird. Okay. Yeah, I can actually like come to you now and yeah. like, go to your house and stuff. Bizarre. Um, yeah. Yeah, you so won't. there's that. And then, like I said, there's a bunch of games out soon. That I've got a PS5 now. I'm going to be PS5. chilling with some PS5 games. Um, I've got so what Ratchet you got, got playing. Ratchet and Ghost of Tsushima, right? Yeah, and yeah, Astrobot. But I'm interested on your, your opinions on Ghost of Tsushima because I just never... I just never yeah. touched that. It's game. like I've not played one of that kind of open world game in a very, very long time. And yep. everybody that I listen to keeps saying, not like, man, this thing's amazing, but every time they it's play it, of... they're like, this thing's better than they think it is. Like it is. Exactly. And I mean, for me, it yeah. was like, I looked at um, footage of that game when it came out and I was like, oh, this is an Assassin's Creed style game. Yeah. I'm good. I don't need one of them right now. I'm okay. It wasn't a judgment on the quality of the game. It was like, I just no, don't, just, these you kind don't of games want to right play now. that right now. Yeah, exactly. that's fair. Yeah. Um, so if you're in that position, yeah, I'm interested to know what you what you think about yeah, that. And especially I'm with the especially with the like PS5 version, like I bet you that yeah. thing looks fucking incredible. Um, Probably. I only just learned that my TV is 4K and has HDR today, yeah. so that's good. Yep. Um, Excellent. Um, yeah, GameInterStore.com is the name of the website. You can find all the videos, articles, podcasts are up there. We are on um, youtube.com slash Game Ranger Start. Subscribe, get notified when uh, new videos go up. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Game Ranger Start, you'll find us there. Podcast at GameRangerStart.com is the email address if you want to get in touch. Uh, and that's us. Stay safe, enjoy as you're playing, and we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.